Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to another episode of Soul Perks Podcast. Charles and Bill talking fashion sneakers, culture, all the above. Zion Williamson and his obsession with porn stars. More Travis Scott sneakers, unfortunately. Summer Jordan 1s and more. All right, let's get to it. So, I want to start out the episode by talking through something I was actually thinking about right before I started recording. <clears throat> the Gotham problem of 2023. I was trying to think of something creative to talk about because, you know, <clears throat> mostly been complaining about not complaining, but just ranting more, more or less ranting about, you know, just things going on in sneakers that aren't great. Uh, and to be honest, a lot of things are not great right now. And if you think that way, I mean, you know, I can't imagine a time or I can't remember a time like this where I genuinely was just like, man, bump all this. But then earlier, <clears throat> started to think about it. Well, was there a time where I was like, it wasn't all about the got him. And it was maybe very early on in my sneaker loving life where like. I could go to the store, wait in line, and purchase the shoe. If I got there early enough, you know, obviously I'm going to get it, right? It was one of those situations where it was an overnight thing. My parents never let me do an overnight release, but if it was one of those situations where I could get to this one of the other stores early enough and they still had my size, especially when I was a kid, I was like an 11, 11 and a half. It was lit. But as I've gotten older, you know, still sliding up to the stores when I can see if they got my size. You know what I mean? Now we're at 13. 13 is they either have them or they don't. Right. And if they did have them, they probably had like eight pairs at the most. So it was all about connections. We talked about this before. But let's reflect specifically on the idea of Gotham. <clears throat> We've all seen it. The Gotham that you get when you win a sneakers draw, right? Big, bold letters. An apostrophe E-M. And, you know... This culture now is all about getting the shoe but then when you get the shoe what's next and we don't even get hype about having the shoe in our in our hands anymore we just want that next got them feeling we want to repeat that that dopamine we want that feeling again right We have to go back to 
the before the Gotham. Before the Gotham mattered, man. Like, yeah, there was a shoe that you really wanted that you missed out on. You went to eBay. You went to the resale shops. You just paid for it, whatever. Right? But I think the way that resale culture has boomed over the last four or five years has created this anxiety that you have to get everything. If you're not getting everything, then are you really a sneakerhead? Are you really a collector? Are you really into this particular item? And I say item because Gotham culture has expanded. And I feel like over the last year or two, it's expanded to other industries, right? Like clothes has always been kind of a, you got the drop or you didn't get the drop. You know what I mean? But now we have the Gotham with like, more limited stuff, video games, special edition cars, a Tesla under $50,000, right? There seems to be this huge focus on getting the product, but we don't get excited that we get the product anymore. We just get excited to see that we were able to spend three fifty dollars or $400 on 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 an item right bringing it back to sneakers we get excited that we were happy to give nike 250 plus shipping and handling plus taxes for a shoot we get excited about that stuff and we get pressed when we don't get a chance to give Nike or 250 or run up our credit card bills. We get pressed when we don't get the drop, right? Between the Gotham and then opening up social media and seeing all everybody else post their Gotham's or failures, you know, it's kind of this cycle that kind of weighs on your mental health a little bit. And I think tricks us into this idea that we have to go spend $600 on StockX right after or $400 on StockX right after or $300 on StockX right after. It tricks us. It confuses us. Well, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have an answer for it right now so I'm not going to say that I do because I don't I don't have an answer for it but what I do have is maybe another way to another perspective to look at it right both from the consumer standpoint and from the brand standpoint first of all a message to all the brands please 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 for the life of God Stop dropping so many products in a week. There is no way in hell that there should ever be three Jordan drops, two Nike drops, two SB drops in the same week. That's not uh, that's that's not like supply and demand kind of feel. That's that's like. You're praying on 
you're creating a weakness and then you're preying on that weakness, right? You got to stop. On the flip side, as consumers, not all L's are be- are built equally. Just like all wins are not be- built equally, right? A win is a win is a phrase that you should embody, right? A win is a win. Whenever you get a win in life, no matter where you are, what you're doing, how you're doing it, a win is a win. However, there are wins that qualify themselves above the other wins based on how much you accomplished or how you accomplished it or how efficient you were in accomplishing it, right? Is it efficient as a sneakerhead to justifiably spend or attempt to spend a thousand dollars a week is it justifiable no i do not think it is let's focus on the i part i don't think it is i'm not telling you what to do with your money i'm just speaking to the mentality right if you got it cool but any economics podcast or rich person motivation speech whatever they all tell you differently right well you can have all these brand names and things like that but do you really need to be out there spending that much capital a week that could capital that could go towards other things potentially and for us non-rich entrepreneurial people right or I shouldn't say there are non-rich, there aren't rich entrepreneurs out there. For us non-rich people, right, about the budget and things like that, don't you think that it makes sense to only go after the stuff that you care about? Now, what that means is with the hype cycle, that being the other part of this equation, the way the hype cycle works is... We're supposed to care about everything, not just the Jordans that are dropping, not just the special New Balance collaborations that are dropping, not just the, the bread fours that got a release date in fucking June. I'm going to say July is June, right? We're supposed to care about that stuff. Newsflash, we shouldn't. We could be hyped for it, like excited for it, like planning some outfits for it. Yeah, but like I shouldn't be so heavily focused on, oh, my God, reimagined fours are dropping next year or reimagined royal ones are dropping next. I think next year. I remember. Or SB fours in that blue colorway, Corbel, I think it's called, is dropping Right. Because sneaker news ain't even sneaker news anymore. It's just, hey, this is this shoe is supposed to come out in 2025. Let's get excited about it. And then it's repost at the repost at the repost at the repost at the repost of that same product, creating this insatiable demand that eventually and I know I'm just breaking down supply and demand right now, but seriously, like. It creates this insatiable taste in sneakerhead's mouth where like getting a product doesn't even matter as much as getting that got him. 
that God matters more than anything. It matters more than when that sneaker arrives at my door. It matters more than wearing the shoe or being seen in the shoe. It matters. I thought to myself today, thinking about this topic, the reason why we don't see a lot of hype sneakers out in the world like that, because I live in a major city, right? I live in a pretty prominent neighborhood and adjacent to a prominent, to a few prominent neighborhoods. And I can tell you exactly what these folks are wearing. I'm probably one of a handful of people that are actually wearing the sneaker that they just spent $400 on. I'm not kidding. Because people don't see it like that. Right. They don't see it as an investment. They don't see it as like more than just like a, something to display in their house or like even more even more or less like say hey this is i'm a part of the culture i got to got them i'm with you guys right that's kind of what separates hype beasts from regular sneakerheads and regular sneakerheads from consumers right sneakerheads appreciate let me start from the top hype beasts only care about the things that they can say they can leverage over someone else, sneakerhead or a regular person that has this immense value and they own it and they spent this money because they could and they own it and they're going to put it in your face because they can. But the minute that it loses any kind of hype or value, it's gone. It's out. It's out the window. Right. It's no longer the main centerpiece in their Instagram displays because the next new hype thing has arrived and or this thing is not as hype because people are just don't care about it as much because the release has happened. Sneakerheads, sneakerheads care about the details, man. We care about the hype shit. We care about the regular shit. We care about the shit that is unique to our story. Regular consumers, they just see a nice colorway. Maybe they have a special attachment to it through a family member or they just been seeing a bunch of, or just like everyone else, they just been seeing it on their Twitter timeline and it's, they've convinced themselves, oh, I really like this shoe. Oh, I think I could do this with the shoe. I'm going to wear it here. I'm going to wear it there. I'm going to just add it to my collection. And then they go for it, right? Because they can. And no shade to them, right? The Gotham has ultimately taken over what is important versus what's not important right going back to what I was saying earlier most of these people are not wearing their sneakers and I don't care that's not my money and not my problem but when Nike let's say Nike makes 90 to 100,000 pairs of a shoe. Doesn't matter shoe. Make 90 to 100,000 pairs. Realistically, living in a major city as mine, right? Especially with Nike being as prominent as it is in my city. 
I would say that I would expect to see a few more pieces of heat on people than I typically do. Right. I'm not just talking about Jordans. I'm talking like their entire line, the SBs, the regular dunks, the, uh, airships. Well, it's technically a Jordan now, which whatever. All that stuff that sells out that I like be like, oh my God, I'm so frustrated I didn't get it. All that stuff. I would expect to see it more and I don't see it. You know what I see? I see essentials. I see beat up Air Force Ones. I see Adidas, regular Adidas boost. I see people wearing Allbirds, which no shade to Allbirds because Allbirds is lit, right? I see people wearing like they don't wear they don't wear their sneak they don't wear their sneakers for as many people as i know for a fact that go after these releases they don't wear their sneakers they don't so it just leads me to believe my original hypothesis which was i think that people only care about the gotham they don't care about the product cuz when the product gets in the hand they're just like, oh, whatever. They discard it. They move on to the next thing. It's kind of like when you scroll on social media, you see a really, really, really funny video. And then you're like, ah, oh, I got my life out of it. All right, moving on. Ooh, that's not a really cool video. Then there's not so cool video. But those experiences don't even, they don't even stay in your mind because you know if I scroll up or scroll down, whatever platform that you're using, Right. If I scroll up or scroll down, I'm going to see a different video that's going to make me laugh or feel a different emotion and feeling frustrated or feeling sad or feeling, uh, you know, upset, right? Same shit with sneakers. Same shit with all these products and all the got them, right? The got them is social media in real life, basically. Social media with your currency. If you don't get the latest product, you probably feel some type of way and it probably orients you into thinking, okay, well I'm gonna go to StockX, and I want to talk a lot of shit about StockX right now, but I don't have the energy, right? You go to StockX, you got to go, you go to eBay and you're like, cool. As long as it's in your budget and you're willing to spend it, you buy it. Then it gets there. And then you realize, ah, oh, crap, I didn't really want this. <laughs> it was cool on the Internet, but <laughs> there's nobody here. There's no at duckling 662 uh, dropping fire emojis in real life. When they see the shoe come into my apartment, house, whatever. Right. There is no like parade or applause when this product finally gets to the crib. They're just like, dang, it's here. <sighs> okay, well, what do I do next? What's next? What's next is you either wear it or you sell it. There is no in-between. If you stash it, you're eventually going to wear it. You know, right, I always say the minute that you unbox the sneaker not on ds the minute that you unbox the sneaker you know if you're gonna wear it or if you're gonna sell it you may not wear it right away which is common but you know you're gonna sell it 
and you'll try to sell it as quickly as you can. And that's where the resale part of the got them comes in. Because some people, knowing the information I just talked about, are in the resale game to finesse you. There's a handful of resellers out there. And I say this every time I talk shit about reselling. There's a handful of resellers out there that genuinely love sneakers and genuinely love their business, right? And the two intersect, and that's why they do it. Then there are other, or most of them, and I say most because this is a true statement. Most of them are just there to make a sale and make a profit, right? There was a video that I saw on Twitter I think it was last week. It was definitely last week where this guy, he bought, I forget what shoe it was a Jordan. It was a Jordan shoe. He was at a sneaker con and he was arguing with this Asian guy because I think he wanted 170 and the guy was like, why would I buy this shoe for 170 or 160? I can't remember the price. But it was a low number. Why would I buy this shoe for 160, 170 just to make a $13 profit? I don't do $13 profits. I do $20 or more in profit. Which, dude, what kind of like work, piece of work you got to be to even say something to that person? You're trying to buy a shoe off him. He is not an obligation in no way obligated to sell you his product that he bought to you so you could make more money. There's, there's way for negotiation. Like, hey, man, if it's 170, can I get it for 160 or 155, right? You could negotiate, but there's no way in hell that you're going to sit there and be like, oh, man, market is this and that. That's what I hate about it. And that's what I think what makes the Gotham even more important, a prerogative, a goal, because you have to deal with that nonsense, right? You have to deal with these crummy resellers who are there to squeeze every single dollar out of you. The worst part about this is that there is a clear solution in getting this handled, right? And I mentioned it at the beginning of the pod. Simple. Cut the amount of drops in half, right? The money that they're charging per release is substantial enough where they could make they could make whatever they're they're missing, right? And to be honest, across the board, right? I'm not just talking Nike, I'm not just talking Jordan, Adidas, New Balance, Puma, everybody. Right. This rush for driving creative has produced lackluster results in colorways. Right. One out of every seven shouldn't be popping. It needs to be like four out of six. Right. That's when sneakers was at its best, like four out of six. Like, oh, my God, this dunk is really amazing. And so is this dunk. And so is this dunk. Now it's like everybody's getting a collaboration. Everybody's getting a chance to design this design a sneaker and it all just looks mid i'm not saying all the releases are mid because that's an insult to that's an insult to a lot of people who are doing a lot of quality work out there 
But at the same time, we are getting a lot of mid. And it's created this after effect where, again, people don't give a shit about the drops. They don't give a shit. They care about that one drop that matters that everybody's going to be looking at them, like I'm posting on Instagram, all oh, this, this is amazing, all oh, blah, blah, blah. And then they never wear the sneaker again. They wear it twice. I literally just opened up Facebook. <laughs> and I saw this dude post a pair of off white uh, fives, the red, the uh, yellow ones. And oh, the Kobe 4 Mama Citas. I'm reading this whole listing. And the Mochas. Right, I was probably selling them because you know it wants the bread, no worries. But why even buy a sneaker if you were never gonna wear the shoe? Speaking of which, that also has me thinking about the Kobe stuff and just how there is this huge hole in the market when it comes to basketball sneakers and its transition over to lifestyle we'll get there just want to put a nice little bow on this got him thing my message to the consumers is this the brands will only listen when consumer behavior changes that means that a lot of these shoes are going to have to sit in order for them to chill the fuck out. It just is the truth, right? They're going to continue to put stuff on sale. Buy it on sale. That's perfectly fine. Lucky Green 2s were on sale the other day. Go ahead and get them. Lucky Green 1s. Go ahead and get them, right? That hideous UNC toe Jordan 1 shoe will go on sale. Because this is a freaking sale shoe. If I've ever seen a shoe, a a sale shoe, right? Trust me. That first L that you take on sneakers will not be the one that stands out. You stay patient, remain efficient. Trust me, it's not going to go up. If that shoe goes up, Lucky Green should go up. Uh, Taxi should go up. A lot of shoes should go up, right? Now, I say this, the Gotham really isn't that important. I feel like more people need to have a sneakerheads mentality. Buy the shit that you care about and invest in the things that you care about. If you don't like the Miles Morales sneakers, don't buy them. Why? And don't comment on other people buying them. If you don't like them, you don't like them. I could say up and down this podcast. I don't like this year. I don't like this year. I don't like this year. And that's how most sneaker podcasts are. This is garbage. This is mid. This is this. This is that. That's how all of them are. I could tell you a hundred reasons why I don't like certain shoes. But does that matter? If you like them, I love them. For you. Not for me, but for you. That's all that really matters, bro. You like it, buy it. I don't like it. I'm not going to buy it. If I don't see a reason for me to invest $300 in a shoe, I'm not going to buy it. J Balvin threes. I love those. I'm going to buy them. I love those because I love Jordan threes. They are my favorite shoe. They are my favorite shoe. 
not my favorite Jordan model, my favorite shoe, period. J Balvin threes, yes. There are a lot of Jordan threes that people dislike that I love. Desert Elephant threes. I don't own them. I love that shoe. As an example. Those pine green threes. Eh. Those are cool. But then I remember the influence of that shoe being the Oregon Duck PEs. Those threes with the duck on the tongue and the leather. Crisp. Nothing close to the pine green threes. Just thought. All right. I'm going to talk about this Kobe thing real quick. So. What's interesting to me about the Kobe thing. And this kind of ties in with John Morant and Zion and Jason Tatum and Luca and any other basketball player or athlete with a signature shoe. That is not Michael Jeffrey Jordan. And to an extent, to an extent, Stephen Curry. Aside from those two. And I know I'm going to catch a lot of flack. Oh, my God, Evan. Nobody wears Curry's. The bitches said you go get them right now. Blah, 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 blah. Wrong. Under Armour does it right. Right. They don't release a hundred colorways of a of a signature sneaker for a shoe they got like four or five and that's it right and they're stocked and they're available doesn't mean people aren't purchasing them because trust me people are purchasing them they don't give Stephen Curry a lifetime deal and a billion dollars plus and I think he also has equity in them like they don't give him that deal unless he's doing it doing it right because there's been other don't get me started point I'm trying to make is this industry-wide message here basketball sneakers just will not transition over to lifestyle it's really 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 hard and I personally think that basketball sneakers should be about performance and good colorways two things simple I've seen people try to wear Grinches outside and you look stupid. You do. I felt this way looking at uh, Venice Beach Kobe Kobe's when I had them. Right. You look stupid with them. They're just not a good lifestyle shoe. Some Kobe's are like the Kobe ones, I think, are could be a good lifestyle shoe. The Adidas Kobe's are a good lifestyle shoe. There are some LeBron James shoes that are good lifestyle basketball sneakers that are good lifestyle shoes, right? Subjective. I'm not going to name numbers, right? Subjective. You either like them as a lifestyle shoe or you don't. I have my personal qualms with most of them, but there are a few that transition over. But for the majority of basketball sneakers, they don't transition over. Just like running shoes like legitimately look stupid when old white men wear them with khakis. They look stupid, corny, and out of whack because you're wearing running sneakers with khakis, bro. That's all it is. It's not 
it's a lot of old corny white men that dress well that don't wear running shoes with their khakis. And it's simply because they make the decision not to wear running shoes with their khakis. An Oxford or an athletic shoe that doesn't look like a running shoe. Right. Jordan ones look really good with suits and work pants. Why? Not because they're Jordans, but because it's a simple, low, low maintenance design, right? Flat at the foot area goes a nice cut at the ankle, nice ankle cut, right? And more even specifically, Jordan 1 lows look good with work pants. So, yeah, I truly feel strongly about basketball sneakers not transitioning over to the lifestyle side anymore. And it's time. It's time we have the division in the sneaker world. As consumers, the brands, everybody just needs to get on the same page with that. The more, the sooner we understand that, the better, right? Jordans are the exception. We know why. We don't need to talk about it. We know why. The Puma mellow balls are nice, right? Uh, I'm trying to think of who else has a signature sneaker. Uh, Clay Thompson's uh, Anta shoe. Jimmy Butler's Lin Nang shoe is nice. Like, they're all really nice shoes on the basketball court. But not like I'm going to go get ice cream with on a date with somebody. Absolutely not. Better footwear options out there across the spectrum. Not just sneakers, just across the spectrum. But I say this and I bring this up and I call this a Kobe thing because Kobe's death, rest in peace to him, has created this huge gap in specifically with his line, right? Everybody knows prior to that fateful day before he took off in the chopper, you could literally go into a footlocker that morning and be like, boom, I'm buying six Kobe's. And you could probably get majority of those shoes on sale. No cap, right? There's always been a legion of Kobe people in the NBA and high school players and college players that like that low cut shoe, right? And before Kobe passed, these bigger dudes were wearing the hyper dunks. I'm talking about on the court, right? They were wearing the hyper dunks, right? They're wearing the thicker cut shoe. But then all of a sudden Kobe passes and I get, I get this a lot of people's favorite player, but all of a sudden he passes and now the floodgates break loose. Now Grinches are $800. All his shit is expensive. Right? And it's created this gap where people think that they need to spend $500 on Kobe basketball sneakers. And I'm just going to tell you right now, the Kobe line in 2023 is not even the best basketball shoe that Nike designs. From a, if, if you care about on-court performance... That's not even the best basketball shoe that they design. The Kyrie's were the best basketball shoe that they've designed. 
from an on-court performance perspective. The Kyries, I've heard a lot of really good things about Giannis's shoe. I've heard a lot of really good things about uh, Paul George's shoe. Those mid-cuts, right? All the mid-cut sneakers doesn't matter. They all perform well. I've seen people hoop in Hardens. Crazy thought, I know. <laughs> but I've seen it happen, right? You know, kind of some of his stuff is low cut, but a lot of it is that mid cut or like mid to mid to low cut kind of shoe. Um, I've seen people hoop in Trey Young. I've seen some people go crazy in Trey Young's, bro. And I don't even understand. And they look great doing it. And I'm not going to say pause. I'm not going to say no homo because I'm comfortable with myself. Right. They look great doing it. Like the shoe looks good on their foot. That's what I'm looking at. I'm like, dang, he kind of going crazy. He's splashing threes and the and the colorways look good. Crazy. Right? I've seen some people hoop in a lot of good things. A lot of really nice shoes. But this obsession with the Kobe sneakers and the Kobe line and this aftermarket price that all of a sudden they need to be four, five, six hundred dollars. Because look, look, I hate to break it to the people, to the resellers who are seem to be completely unaware of this factoid that I'm about to drop. If Nike ever decided that they were gonna increase the production of the Kobe shoe by let's say 10, 20%, the shoe would be sitting. It would have zero value on a resale market. You wanna know why? They do it on purpose. They they do this part on purpose. They know the Kobe basketball line has this nostalgia aspect to it, right? That's why they go through with these re- planned releases. If they ever got off the bullshit, which I think is what Vanessa Bryant has been trying to get them to do, and I think that's part of her deal and her um, part of her new Bryant family deal, right? If she ever got them to do anything the one thing that they could do is increase the stock and if that was i i don't know if this part of the contract stipulation i heard it was but twitter you don't know right we don't know if it is a part of the contract stipulation where they had to re-increase production so people can stop dming her about it and she could just and people and she she can make her money. They can make their money. And the Kobe shoe is widely available to all his fans because she definitely did put out a post about this saying, "Oh, to so all I want all my husband's fans to be able to get his shit." Basically, right? I think when that OG Mama Cita dropped the black one, right? There. <laughs> Oh, God, I just feel stupid for even saying this because I really feel like I shouldn't have to say this out loud. It's stupid. I love Kobe sneakers. I really do. I'm a Kobe fan. I've been a Kobe fan forever, right? Since I since I started watching basketball, Kobe Bryant was my favorite basketball player ever, right? Still. Still not the best basketball sneaker that Nike makes. And I've owned multiple pairs of Kobe's across multiple generations of them. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Not the high ankle ones, but I'm just saying. Right? They're not the best basketball shoe. So should you really be investing five hundred dollars 
And I'm just using as dues price in a Facebook post I saw. Right. Should you really be investing $500 or $600 or $700 or $800 for a shoe? I'm not talking about the NBA players. The NBA players, they got to do what they got to do. But for the rest of you mofos out here spending six, $700 on a, on a shoe that you cannot wear off the court, that you can only wear on the court, man, there are so many other options, so many other ways where you could spend that money. If you had $600 to spend on basketball sneakers, you can go get your pair of LeBron 20s right now. You can go get your pair. You can get Kyrie's on sale right now. Probably even cheaper than what Nike is selling them for right now. Right? You can get um, most of Adidas basketball is offering for under $150. I think they only have one shoe. And I think it's that newer Harden that's like above $150. Last time I checked, right? New Balance with the uh, the Zach Levine shoe and the Kawhi Leonard shoe, right? You have all of these different options. For $600, you could get five of them and still not spend $600 with taxes. You could get Lamelo Ball shoe right now. You go on a Puma website, you could probably get a Lamelo Ball shoe right now. Because they keep the shit in stock. The only thing that you probably can't get, like rare colorways, is that Rick and Morty. I don't know if they have the Rick and Morty still up on the site. Last time I checked, the Rick and Morty's on GOAT in the size 13 were $300. Could have gone up, could have gone down. But last I checked, it was $300. So, with the Rick and Morty's being one of the few exceptions to what I'm talking about. And even then, spending four fifty plus on Pumas, come on, bro. <laughs> come on. Look yourself in the mirror. <laughs> I hope Amex declined your card first time so you can talk talk yourself into some sense. Like, wait a second, am I sure I want to do this? Exactly, right? Are you sure you made this purchase? One for yes, two for no. Yes. Okay, we'll try it again. I'm actually not going to try it again. You're right, MX, that was dumb. Or Apple Card or whatever credit card service that you use. I'm so sorry. You're right. That was dumb. So I say this to say that the basketball sneaker market has truly confused people and the Kobe stuff is even more confusing. We're now almost three years. He died in 2020. I do remember dying in 2020. Yeah. Cause they were still hooping. The basketball sneaker market has confused people. And with Kobe's passing, it's even more confusing because we feel like we need it, but we don't. If you cannot get Kobe's at retail, I'm not saying you got to get them below retail. You cannot get Kobe Bryant shoes at retail because that's what it, that's what he would have wanted. Right. The exception of the rare colorways. I think he would have preferred that people were able to get his stuff. I think that's one of the other reasons why Kobe ADs were so readily available 
even leading up to his death, even though he was in perfect health going up to that. Still, Kobe ADs were readily available. Bring those back. Right? <sighs> I wish. Anyway, let's get into some sneaker news because I'm not going to, I don't want to talk about Travis. I'm just, I don't have the energy to do it. Nothing out of the energy. I'm just, we talked about Travis a lot. And especially on this podcast, we, we talk about him a lot because he comes up a lot. And when I do my research, it's all I see is Travis this and Travis that. Uh, the random Twitter dude who c- confirmed that the restock for those shoes were those OG dunks were happening. I did that whole podcast about it, about it lowering the value and nobody should care that the value is lowered. Right. Guess what? They're not restocking. So where the price do shoot right back up? Oh, my God. The world that everybody thought was ending is still saying somewhat insane again. Um, yeah, I, I don't really care that they, I don't really care that it's not restocking. Like I said, I have my pair. If anything, I would have took the opportunity to double down, but the chances of me hitting on a sneaker and especially because people are, are extremely aware, they're just going to see his name and they're just going to be like, I have to go for it. Period. I have to go for it. Just going to see it and go for it. Right. But for the people who also like dunks, you know what I mean? You don't want to shoot too. So while there's some overlap there, it was going to cause some chaos. Speaking of causing chaos, Drake destroyed every woman's heart on the planet yesterday when he acknowledged uh, some girl's birthday. I'm assuming like I, I followed I've been following the girl for a while. I knew they were I knew they were cool. Knew they had a like a friendship or a relationship, but I didn't know. I don't think they're dating. And even if they were dating, who cares? Drake is like thirty six. That man should be with somebody he likes. But I'm bringing Drake up because he's releasing the Nike Nocta Glide in June. I'm one of the few people who really like the Nocta stuff, and I don't own it, but I will own a pair at some point. And I'm finally glad that they're they're recognizing that they're the brand. I see that these Nocta Glides are 160. His first releases were I think were like 185, 190 dollars. It's like whoa, Drizzy, these aren't that fire <laughs> for me to be dropping 185, 190. 160 is a nice sweet spot. Jordan One Low Elephant Print. Eh. I have a strange feeling that the Jordan Wong Low is about to be the new dunk. Uh, and I'm not here for that. Talked about the MBO3. Uh, I talked about the Mel Ball already, but the MBO3 signature shoe, the first new colorway, is launching as an NFT. I like that the people who really gave a shit about NFTs in that market are still doing their thing, even though crypto is kind of going to tank that market. Because the money is tied to NFTs are tied to crypto, I still I still think that NFTs are an emerging market. It just needed some time, right? I was very skeptical of it last year, but its impact on sneakers and digital art is interesting. 
we just need it to be flushed out and it just cannot be this game where NFTs are commodities that are only available to the extremely affluent because digital art should be available worldwide, but anyway, or for everyone. But anyway, uh, his sneaker will be launching as an NFT. When you, if you buy the NFT, then you get a voucher to go buy the shoe over a month span, basically, which I think is cool. Nike is making Jordan panda cleats for the football season. I'm really, I love the animal. I hate the word panda, though. It's really annoying. Black and white, hate it. Just, it's fine. It's a black and white shoe. I know it goes with everything, but I also just kind of feel like the shoe is kind of generic and boring and, like, there's no life to it. Like, I understand that it goes with your fits, but if you're just wearing monochromatic black and white or just wearing jeans with black and white shoes, I hate that for you. Your life must be so boring, bro. And I don't mean that as an insult. I mean that as just like, man, wear some fire shit. Like, wear some, something with some color on it. People swore to me up and down that the Vomero was going to knock out New Balance. Going back to my previous uh, take earlier in the podcast when I said I don't see people wearing stuff, I really do mean it. I don't be seeing people wearing stuff. I've probably seen a handful of Vomeros on foot, and I've mostly seen them on women. I'm going to say, oh, well, you're not in this city, you're not in that city, you know, it's popping here, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's probably true, but... Is it really, though, just because you see a couple people wearing it? I could go to, like, I have, like, four sneaker boutiques in my area. I could walk to all four of them and pick up a pair of Vomeros and come back with probably eight of them. Two in each colorway at my size, readily available. Just saying. Official images of the Born and Raised SB Dunk came out. I had smoke for Tiana Taylor. I didn't record. I didn't record it last week, right? But the Tiana Taylor shoe drop, right? I love Tiana Taylor as a talent, as an artist. I think she's amazing. I really do. She over-designed her Jordan 1. She just did. And I feel like if she strips it down just even a little bit, it's a very, very, very fire release. But it's over-designed. But I also think that's her aesthetic. She's into the layers. She's into these. There are all these different elements of her personality and her life that she incorporated into the shoe. And it's my subjective opinion that she did that. She should strip it down. But in her eyes, she probably is like this. Every every single detail is needed to tell this amazing story. But in my humble opinion, it was over-designed. Let's bring up Tiana Taylor because this born and raised dunk is over-designed. First of all, I get that they're an L.A. brand. But why does every L.A. brand resort to the blue and the Dodger blue and white? Give me something different. I know you guys are more than just the Dodger blue and white. I know you are. I know it. I, I know that having spent so much time out there, right? But there are other color schemes out there besides blue and white, besides purple and gold, besides red and blue, right? I need 
another story to be told from L.A. That's not blue and white or black and white or purple and gold. I also brought up black and white. Now, I understand. I understand. I understand. Right. Gang culture out there. Right. You have to be really, really, really selective of telling an L.A. story because L.A. stories, especially if you are from that area, sometimes comes from coming out of that lifestyle or being in peripheral or being uh, peripheral to that lifestyle or knowing somebody that is involved in that lifestyle. I understand that. But man, the Dodger blue and white is just it's safe. Obviously, but also like eh, not really, because if you're wearing blue in a crib neighborhood, a blood neighborhood, I mean, I'm sorry, oh crib, in a blood neighborhood, it is what it is. Something bad happened, <laughs> but I don't know. The Dodger blue and white just it doesn't get me, and I don't care like how much pink you throw at this shoe. It just doesn't change the fact that this is also over designed and i do like the insoles i like the born nike check sb i think that's fire that's super fire i hate the toe box i hate the lettering on the toe box i hate the logos on the side it looks like somebody decided that they were going to um take the shoe and just like Put every single thing on there because they kill it. I don't think this is the best shoe. The swoosh is alright. I don't hate the swoosh. But aside from that, I really do think that the shoe is over designed. And I w- would like to see a different story told. Right? It doesn't matter the silhouette. Just tell me a different story. Crenshaw Skate Club Nike SB Low. Okay, see, this is kind of what I was talking about, right? I'm going to assume that Crenshaw is LA-based. I'm just going to assume that, right? But the way they did their dunk, different color schemas, not Dodger blue on the swoosh, very much a patina this is very much a patina shoe, actually. I love the insoles on it, too. I love the laces. This is a cop for me. I'm looking at it. <laughs> this is definitely a cop for me. Um. Oh, yeah, and I love the bottom of the shoe. Oh, yeah, that's just fire. Um. Yeah, this is what I'm looking for. Just something that's not L.A. Dodger base. The palm trees... Can't really do nothing about it. That's a part of everybody's L.A. story. Scrolling to see what else is interesting. I did say I was going to touch on Ja and Zion again. So I'm going to just do this real quick. So I talked about this on another podcast. Look, Zion, bro. I think Stephen A. already said this. I'm going to say it again, bro. You got to play. You got to play for me to be be willing to put up with some porn star on the timeline three days in a row complaining about how you ain't this, you ain't that. Please, please, please get your shit together. Please send the cease and desist. Please do something. You can't ignore this one. Do something, right? Your shoes don't sell enough. You don't play enough games. You are extremely talented. You could be a top 10 player if you played even three-fourths of the season, but you need to play the game. Right. 
I gave some other funny advice on another podcast that I record called the 94 Merchants. You can look that one up, right? But for the most part, Zion, do better. But you can't do worse than Ja. Ja, Ja, Ja. Ja, Ja, and Ja again. Bro, a toy gun? You got people... You're not even going to anybody reputable when you say this, where you're going to the breakfast club to tell the breakfast club people that you got a toy gun. And now uh, you was playing with a toy gun on somebody else's IG live. And then now that's the story that that you hope is going to sink in the media long enough to stop you from getting suspended for 30 games minimum. Bro, are you serious? Are you serious? Are you serious? Stop it. You are playing with my emotions playing with my emotions don't ever do that again a toy gun was the best lie that you could come up with oh i know kids younger i know five-year-olds i could come up with better lies than that seriously a toy gun a toy gun makes you look even stupider shannon sharp already flamed you about it so i'm not gonna pile on but dang bro seriously seriously a toy gun between him and Zion, I don't know who's stupider. Honestly. Honestly, no. Actually, I do. It's it's definitely Ja. <laughs> it's not even close, actually. Zion is having a 22-year-old moment in front of the world. Because we've all been there. Maybe not with a porn star, but we've all been there where we pop out with our girl on social media for the first time. And all the girls that, you, that are in your life are like, oh my god, I didn't even know you had a girlfriend. Ugh. And they start hating out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've all had that moment as men. We can all empathize with Zion. It may not be porn stars and Instagram thoughts, but we've all been there with Zion. We can understand it, right? Important note that Zion has learned in front of the entire world is handle your business and keep your business away from the professional because then you're going to have other people flaming you and in your business for no reason. They're clocking you. They're watching who you're walking around with. It's unnecessary, right? Zion will get it figured out. John, on the other hand, my boy, you still not taking accountability. And I think Shannon said this. Dang, I ain't going to double down. I'm sorry, Ja. But take some accountability for your decisions, bro. You could have just easily put out an Instagram statement on the notes app by now that says, to my fans, to the commissioner, to the Memphis Grizzlies organization, I'm sorry for causing all this panic to my friends and family, to my daughter. I love you. I'm sorry. Like, I shouldn't have even been put in that situation. I will accept whatever punishment that comes from Adam Silver. In addition, I will actually seek real treatment this time as I step away from the game of basketball, preparing to preparing for the upcoming season, the championship chase with my teammates. Simple, 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 simple. And then you actually go get, get help. You actually go get therapy. You move out of whatever ghetto part of Memphis that you're living in kick your friends out and you move get you a girlfriend and just chill out just chill out go on vacation go be a normal go be a normal 23 year old with a bunch of money bro go on vacations go on ridiculous vacations go buy you some cars go fucking invest in a business go do anything else besides do what you do go play basketball go to baseball games go buy equity in the WNBA do something anything that does not involve this this is stupid it's so stupid it's insanely stupid seriously that's that's all i got
hate to end the podcast on such a negative note talking down on black men but dang seriously guys like get it together alright follow me on instagram at evan.creates follow the pie at soul critics that's s-o-l-e critics uh had a little bit of technical issues so if you hear that throughout the podcast i apologize um had to restart a couple times but hopefully i'll be able to get most of that on the editing but you do hear it my apologies again all right uh drink drink water love yourself don't play with toy guns or real guns on instagram and for god's sakes if you feel like you need to go live for whatever reason and you got less than 10 people in the room with you you probably shouldn't go live just a thought all right peace y'all